YouTube, man, what's up, man? This is your boy Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. But for today, I got the back row Redskins show. I got two of the most passionate fans. All right, so I'm gonna first off, I'm gonna bring up Chuck G. Chuck G is a passionate, passionate football fan. If you're not following this guy on uh, Twitter, you're crazy. Chuck, tell the people about yourself. All right, man. How y'all doing? Uh, you know, I've been a, a Redskins fan, man, for a while. You know, Washington football team now since, uh, man, back in the 70s, man. I, you know, uh, started in around 78. You know, I was born, I look, I was born in 77. As long as I can remember, man, I've been loving this team, though. Uh, you know, a little bit about myself. I, I'm in the military, uh, been in about 24 years. So, you know, I've been following this team forever, man. Very passionate. And uh, just love them, man. And I'm looking forward to the season, man. Can't wait. Man, let's get it, man. Second guy I want to bring up to the stage is my guy, Kevin Longley. He might be related to the great Longley that played some uh, NBA ball. I don't know. But this guy right here, he's <laughs> passionate, man. Every time I throw up something on Twitter, man, you know, like he brings good vibes. So I brought two of the most passionate fans to this show. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, man. And nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you, Chuck. Um, yeah, we've been interacting on Twitter for a long time, man. Um, you very, very niche group that I, that I found uh, from you, man. It, being a a diehard Skins and Lakers fan, that's that's sure. tough to find. But is that you too, Chuck? That's Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Hell, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. That's why we found. That's right, man. Yeah, burgundy, burgundy, gold, and purple, right? Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm uh as as you all are, just a diehard fan of the Burgundy and Gold. My family had season tickets since the 1950s. We um we unfortunately after uh, after Danny Boy got a little a little greedy following that RG3 2012 season, we ended up having to give them up a couple years later uh, after they uh, skyrocketed in price. But um we have we are just obsessed with the team. Um I uh I dedicated myself to sports media as well. Uh, I went to school for it, um, and I spent a few years over at SiriusXM as a producer for them, working for the Fantasy Sports Radio Channel in addition to a uh, NASCAR radio. Um, I know Manny, you're a big fantasy sports guy, and uh, and so I've got. I was I was deep into that world. I still I'm still doing doing some expert leagues with some of these guys, and um, it's it's fun it's fun having that over the years as the skins have had their struggles. It's always been great to have a fantasy fallback, but now <laughs> now right now we got something to we got something to cheer for in Washington. Yes, so it's not we don't we don't need to lean so heavily on the fantasy game to keep us <laughs> keep us occupied. So uh, loving what's been going on. Absolutely. So guys, man. The name of the episode is called Washington Football Team versus the NFC East. Now, of Ooh. course, the football team made some moves. We signed Fitzpatrick. We signed William Jackson III, Curtis Samuel. We brought back guys like Danny Johnson, Jared Norris, um, 
we brought back, uh, we tendered um, Cam Sims. He signed a deal. So, I mean, we lost Breland. We lost KPL. We've lost some guys. So pretty much we're going to talk about how we stack up versus the NFC East. You look at the moves that Dallas have made. Who do they bring in? Uh, besides Dak, I don't even know what Dallas have really done. You know what I'm saying? You look at the Giants. They're overspending on guys like Galladay and guys like uh, Adoree Jackson, who was released by the Tennessee Titans. I live in Nashville, so they're not saying good things about Adoree Jackson. Then we slide on over to the Eagles, man. They made one move. They signed uh, uh, Anthony Harris, very good safety. He chose the Eagles over us. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that. So, Chuck, we'll start with you, man. What is your take about the football team and how it stacks against the NFC East? Well, as far as the offseason goes, I, I would have to say that the, the football team had the best offseason. Um, if you look at as far as uh, dollar cost per, per player, and the acquisitions that we picked up, um, I would say we came out the best. Uh -huh. uh, you know, with the acquisition of uh, Curtis Samuels, I mean, I, I love that pickup. I mean, you talk about a versatile receiver. You right. can use him in the slot. You can put him outside. You can put him in motion. He's very versatile. He can run the ball inside. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so much that you can uh, do with him. I mean, um, Fitzpatrick, I mean, look, you know, the quarterback position is, is is a hard position to find. I mean, you know, they don't grow on trees, a, a franchise quarterback. And given mm -hmm. our situations being as though we made the playoffs and we're not in a position to pick high in the draft, I think he's the perfect bridge guy right now. So that was a very good pickup. I was against it at first, but I came around on it. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, that was and, and oh, I'm sorry. Signing William Jackson, loved him. Uh, long corner, long arms, um, can match up well. Cause you know we got some dogs. We got some receivers in that division. Okay, straight dogs, and we needed him because and we needed some help in that um in that secondary. But I think that we came out as far as in the off season. I would say we we did the best matching up against the other teams. So that's just my take though. Hey, I love it. I love it, man. I, I feel like we made some pretty solid moves. And like you said, bang for a buck. I mean, you can't beat it. No. Galladay is getting $19 million a year with incentives. And then a guy like Curtis Samuels is getting $11.5 a year. You can't beat that. They're going to give you around the same type of production. You know what I'm saying? Over 1,000 yards, hopefully, in about five to six, seven touchdowns based off of how everything pans out. Kevin, what's your take about the football team and where we stack up versus the NFC's? Well, I'm, I agree with both of you guys, man. I love the moves we made. Um, and to compare that, you know, I've heard some people say Galladay is worth it a little bit more because he's more of a traditional receiver. But really, you're just, as you said, you're going to get the same production, just to touch on that note of $18 million a year for Galladay versus $11 million a year for Curtis Samuel. You know, Curtis Samuel, he isn't the pure receiver that Galladay is. Galladay does have a, a step ahead of him there, but right. but you can't line Galladay up in the backfield. You can't mm -hmm. line Galladay up in the slot. You know, Curtis Samuel adds such an element of surprise and, and different dimensions to our offense that no one else in the division really has um, because – in the modern NFL, the way athletes are are so superior to the way they used to be, and with all the looks that we've seen, you can't just line up traditional guys anymore. You need to keep people guessing. That's what the Chiefs do. That is why they are on top. That is why Bill Belichick had his guys on top for so long. It was the misdirection. It was the confusion. It was not knowing 
what guys were going to do next. I mean, we got a we got a tight end in Logan Thomas who can drop back right. and throw dimes, you know. So, so we have this element of surprise that when you get a guy like Curtis Samuel, none of these other teams have. So, I absolutely agree with you guys that we've won free agency and we're the defending champs of the division. So, I think we're we're standing tall right now. Um, I will say I do think that New York's moves. While I wouldn't have spent what they spent, I do think they overspent on Adoree. I do think they overspent a bit on Galladay. Um, they are acquiring talent, and they are bringing in people. I mean, they they, they got depth. I mean, if, <laughs> they, if they stay healthy, if they stay healthy and Danny Dimes can actually throw some dimes, I mean, you got Saquon, you got two tight ends, you got mm-hmm. Slayton, Shepard, um, Galladay. I mean, they even took a flyer on John Ross, who, I mean, if he's your oh, fourth yeah. receiver, oh, yeah. might as well. Yeah, right. you know? Rudolph, Rudolph and Ingram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. And the thing about Rudolph is he's not, you know, he's not a good option if he's your number one tight end right. these days. But if he's your number two, you're in, you're in good shape. In the so, red zone is where he's going to thrive. Oh yeah, Those one, I was watching NFL's uh, the NFL handle uh, today posted all these highlights of Kyle uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Rudolph with the one handed grabs in the back of the end zone. I mean, he's uh, he's tough to guard. He's just one right. of those. He's kind of like a poor man's Witten, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's yeah. kind of how he plays. Um, so I like their moves. Dallas, you know, Dallas, I, you know, Cowboy fans, man. I, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm friends with some diehard Cowboy fans and they're like, oh, you know, the Keanu Neal. I mean, that's I mean, he's, he's going to take us to the ship. And, and, you know, like you get they have some they did make some moves defensively. But the problem is, is that while they made those moves defensively, um, getting three three edge guys, they didn't get any household names, and while they while their existing talent isn't that great, you still got to retain your talent and then add exactly. to it, right? Exactly. And they lost to Dobie Awuzie. They lost mm-hmm. Xavier Woods. It doesn't. I've heard anything about Alden Smith. Yeah, um, they said Smith. They're not bringing him back. That's what yeah. they said. They're not bringing him back. They're not bringing him back. That was so their it best. Makes no sense. It that was the best defensive player in twenty in twenty twenty. They didn't even get over Demarcus Lawrence. They didn't get any better defensively. No. Is where Dallas struggles, and what do they do? They still have secondary issues. You know, you got some young guys on the team. I get it, but uh, Xavier Woods, like you said, he's not coming back. He's probably going somewhere else. So then they don't even have the money to pay their guys. See, every single time when a quarterback gets paid, look at what happens. They don't have no money to get some receivers. They don't have. And then the reason people say, well, why don't these teams draft some guys, right? You can't draft some guys because you have so many holes. You look at Green Bay. Now, <laughs> Green Bay was just dumb. You know, Green Bay went out there and got uh, uh, A.J. Dillon and and, and uh, picked up another uh, quarter, uh, quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers when he needed weapons. You know, he needed right. more wide receivers. Uh, things like that. So every single time a team pays the quarterback. That's why I like Chuck's uh, idea of saying that, you know, we didn't overpay. Our dollars were used very, very wisely, and we still have cap. When you pay that quarterback, man, it, it changes the entire dynamics of your team because then you can't pay your guys. Talk Absolutely. to me, Chuck. Absolutely. Uh, uh, safety, J. Ron Curse. So I don't even know who that is. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Detroit <laughs> on a one year, one year contract. So hey, the fans I mean, are pissed. Man, yeah. I, I posted that, and then somebody <laughs> went on and commented yeah. underneath it. He said, yeah. "That ain't no, that ain't no. Uh, who's that guy? Oh, he says that's not no hooker. 
Nah, man. Nah, I don't like this move right here. That's not hooker. We wanted a hooker. We wanted Earl Thomas. They want all these guys, but they getting all these one one year deals, these one year flyers, these depth you know pieces. So, man, it's gonna be an interesting year, man, because Dallas didn't get better defensively, but offensively they can score with anybody. They yes, can. They can score. They, have weapons. they got two they good tight ends. They got two yes, good tight ends that nobody talk about, and Dalton Schultz and um, Blake Jarwin. You know what I'm saying? They got the wide receivers. They have the running backs. Pollard is underrated. So they got the weapons offensively. But where they're going to struggle, to me, that offensive line doesn't look as good as it used to, huh? It's <laughs> no. getting older. They're yeah. older. older. Yes, bad hips, older. bad knees, <laughs> bad ankles. Man, yeah. so and I mean, and, 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 and you know where the game is won is in the trenches, right? The trenches. You know, yeah. and and they're you just said their defense is not very good, so mm-hmm. their D line and their O line, if they can't generate pressure or protect the quarterback, then that's a problem, exactly. So, it's a big problem, and you, you know what? As, as much grief as I give the Cowboys, um, a few years ago, I was terrified of that team, man. When that offensive line was Zeke, when he was humming, I was like, oh, man, man, this is this is exactly how I would build a team. This is <laughs> I hate it. I hate that you're so good. Um, but, you know, and, and to their credit, they did keep adding guys. I kept being like, did you use an, another high pick on an offensive lineman? Like what? Like it, it really isn't their fault. But Travis yeah. Frederick had his health concerns and dropped mm-hmm. off. And Tyron has had some issues as of late. But you know, that's something they might have to address that at 10th overall. Um, that's what they're going to do. They're going to have to. Everybody's saying Patrick Sertan. Everybody's saying a corner. I get that you need a corner. But guess what? If Dak takes one more hit, you know, you can't pay Dak all this money and not protect them. If they're smart, they'll go offensive line first and second round. That's just my opinion. I think they need to, they need to solidify that because even Ezekiel Elliott struggled last year. He struggled when oh, that yeah. offensive line took a hit. So, Really, they're built. <laughs> the team has a nice system that's built mm-hmm. around that offensive line. Without that, without that offensive line and our defensive line, the Eagles have a nice defensive line. The Giants got a nice defensive line. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> hey, everybody's hungry, and when you're hungry, you eat. You know what I'm saying? So they're coming after these boys. So they can go corner if they want to. They're still not going to be able to cover nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't yeah, think one yeah, now, changes their now, defense. Yeah, you take you get Sertan and you guard. You're able to take out one guy, but then there's two or three others that you got to deal with. Um, what What do you both think about some of these rumors um, of these idea of of them taking a Kyle Pitts if he falls to to ten overall? Look, that's stupidity. That's just me. <laughs> that's stupidity, man. Look, yeah, last no. year, here's how stupid this thing is. I get it. CD Lamb fell to your lap. Yeah. But you should have maybe gone defense. You should have maybe gone. Right. I know you go best available. They say go best available in the draft, and then you address free agency for your needs. I get that, but they didn't even address their needs. So what are you doing? You're getting luxury picks, and then you're not improving your team. You got a guy like Michael Gallup. He's about to walk next year after after this season. I believe he's eligible to go. So you're not going to pay him. You're paying Amari Cooper millions of dollars. That's a whole nother story. You know what I'm saying? Between their big three. Big bills. Big bills, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, Dak, and what's the name? That's like over 90-something million dollars a year. Something like that. I did the math. It's 70 to $90 million a year. That's a lot of money. That's huge. That's a lot of money. That's so that means all three guys got to be top five in their position. 
if they're not top five in their position, then it wasn't worth it. That's just how I feel about the whole situation. I mean, you got guys, everybody's drafted running backs. Nobody pays running backs. They say you're not supposed to. And if you do, you give them a short-term deal because they're going to end up just like, uh, uh, what's his name, Todd Gurley sometimes. Todd Gurley, I mean, Le'Veon Bell. Right. It could be Christian McCaffrey. I hope it not. Could be McCaffrey. Um, I hope not because I got plenty of shares of McCaffrey on my fantasy team. So <laughs> I just say all this to say, if you're not building your team the right way, I love – what Chuck said about building through the trenches, our defensive line is stacked. And now it's time to start building that offensive line. It's time to get that group a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic. And you see we're drafting them. Even if you're drafting them third, fourth, fifth round, continue to get depth in those positions. Eventually you're going to hit on somebody. With the track record that we have with drafting, we've found gyms like uh, Cam Curl. We've found guys like Holcomb. You know what I'm saying? Tim Settle. These are like mid to late guys. Uh, um, Big mm-hmm. Matt, Idonis. So mm-hmm. we get all these guys. Ooh, wow. Fifth round. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People, people are forgetting about Ionitis, man. People are forgetting hey, because don't every, every week. <laughs> I'm telling you. Mm-mm. Hey, I said, I, I tweeted it out like two weeks ago. I said, wait till this guy comes back. People are forgetting about him. It's I, I can't cool. wait, man. He's I mean, better I, than Payne and Allen. Man, I mean, he, he was the beast of the interior. <laughs> They're gonna be terrible. I'm telling you, we got a good yeah. problem, and I guarantee you, before we let anybody walk, we're gonna do a sign and trade. You don't invest in these guys giving them, yeah. you know, first round grades and you know, getting all these yeah. guys steals. Oh, uh, Allen has uh, 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 arthritis in his shoulder, he falls to our laps. Oh, mm-hmm. Deron Payne, he's not all that. Blah blah blah. Vita Vea is the guy, you know, he falls to our laps. Uh, Montez Sweat. Oh, he has. Uh, I forgot what the what the medical it's issue like a heart was. issue. Yeah, heart like issue. A heart concern. Yeah. And yeah, he's perfectly fine. He falls to our laps. So I wonder who's gonna fall to our laps this year. We're gonna get into the draft talk in a minute, but we're gonna kick it off with these questions, man. We got some loaded questions. Um, Steve, um, his um, his uh, hashtag or what you call it, the name handle, name handle. <laughs> his name handle is Steve underscore HTTR. He says, outside of the big three, meaning wide receivers in a draft, he goes, who is your favorite? Um, He says, who is your favorite for the next tier? So I'm going to start with Chuck. So, of course, the big three is Waddle, Jalen Waddle, uh, Devontae Smith, and Jamar Chase. Those are the big three in the draft, and those are the guys that are expected to go top 15, maybe even top 10, depending on who's drafting and if people are trading up, trading down. So those are the big three. Those are the big three. Outside of those guys, who do you like in the draft? Um, the guy from Florida, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius like Tony. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, stuck. what can Kadarius Tony bring to the table? So, you are Kadarius Tony's agent. Um, Ron Rivera, or Scott Turner, whoever, sell me on Kadarius Tony. I mean, he's just versatile. I mean, you know, uh, inside, outside, he's a big guy. You know. Just creating separation. I mean, is he's? I mean, he's tight end. I mean, slash receiver, right? He can move. So he's in a and receiver. Out. He's, he's receiver. A receiver. I'm sorry. Yeah, receiver. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of the other guy. My bad. Oh, yeah, Pitts. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He yes, Pitts. My bad. But yeah. I like Darius Tony, man. He he's creates great separation. Um, I just dig his game. Watch a lot of SEC football, and uh, just I love him, man. I, I think you. outside I of those guys, I'll take him. 
I feel you. And I had to ask you because dangerous. even though I watch yeah, a lot he of SEC, he's a deep threat. Really, yes. You know, I watch a lot of SEC. I didn't really focus too much on Tony. So I'm not even really started like studying tapes yet or, you know, looking at highlights yet. I'm just like in free agency mode right now. In about two weeks, I'm all in on the draft. Uh, so, Kevin, give me a guy or two that you're looking at outside of the big three. Um, I'm right there with you in terms of going from free agency to the draft. And Tony is a, a monster. That's a great mm-hmm. call, Chuck. Um, he's he keeps getting compared to Tyreek Hill um, with that explosiveness. So uh, you can't you can't go wrong with with a piece like that. Um, it, it call it recency bias because he's been all over Twitter over the last twenty four hours. But Rondale Moore, um, his tape just jumps off the page, man. I mean, for one, he 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 plays extremely quick, and I don't care too much about forty times. Um, I, I care about the way it looks on tape, but yeah. his forty time really backed that up. Mm. He, he ran a four three nine, I believe it was yesterday, and mm. I mean he's a ripped dude too. I mean he's got muscle on him. He can play physical at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> um, he's got a great change of direction, great great mm. first step. He can really plant his foot um, and throw and throw cornerbacks off. And so, you know, in in college, what what I've tried to learn, I've tried to learn my lessons from Josh Doxson because I was a big mm. Josh Doxson guy. Um, <laughs> I loved me some Josh Doxson, so I'm, I'm I've been eating my words, and <laughs> and what I noticed is he got himself open, mm-hmm. but he oftentimes got got schemed open, and yeah. so I try to look for these guys who are getting manned up and and they're able yes, to make those moves at the second Sad. level. Sad. Rondell Moore can make some moves at the second level. He can he can leave you spinning, and so I like the the combination of some physicality with that speed. All right, hey, funny thing you said, Rondell Moore. I'm going to work my way backwards. So Rondell Moore is one of my guys. I have like two or three guys that I really, really want in the draft. Rondell Moore, I fell in love. You know what I'm saying? Nate Coleman put me on Rondell Moore, and I asked a question on Twitter. I was like one day, like, you know, weeks back, weeks, weeks, weeks back. I said, what is so special about Rondell Moore? He almost killed me, man. He hit me with tape after (laughs) tape after tape. Then he told me, he said, imagine Steve Smith Sr., that's that is Rondell Moore. So I started looking Ooh. at the highlights and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not saying he has to be Steve Smith senior, but if he's half or 75% of what yeah. he <laughs> was, oh man, I'm all in. And I looked at him. Yeah. He's a short guy. Oh, yeah. He's a short guy, but he's so powerful. You know what I'm saying? He's like Tyreek Hill, not as fast, but physical. Like you look at a small guy like that, they say he's like, what, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, I don't care about his height. I care about the plays that he makes. You, you Like, you look at the small guys and you say, oh, he's just a slot guy. He, You can move him all over the field, move him all over the field. With that speed and that power, he's a guy that you can throw a screen pass and he's going to run some people over at 5'7", five, 5'8". Yeah. Five, I've seen him do that. So I see that Steve Smith comparison. I see it. But man, he's just—he's just a special player. And if he's there at fifty-one, I'm all in. Everybody's saying the injury on Rondell Moore, blase, blase. Look, the draft is all about—you know—I'm what saying getting the right guys. You know, what I'm saying is getting the best available. So I hope he's there at fifty-one. I'm even willing to trade up in the second round to get that guy. That's my guy, a guy that I would consider at nineteen, or even trade him back from nineteen if we—if we were going wide receiver, is Rashad Bateman. I love me That's some Rashad. <laughs> That's your dude. He's big. He's not like a guy that's fast, but he's quick. I mean, he creates separation. He reminds me of like an Allen Robinson type 
big receiver, good hands, can mm-hmm. run some routes. Maybe not quite Allen Robinson because I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. But I mean, I just see him as a perfect complement to what we already have. If you bring in a Rashad Bateman, I'm greedy, man. I want everybody. If you bring in a Rashad Bateman, <laughs> you can put him on the outside. Everybody's like, Manny, man, why do you want another wide receiver? And I'm like, did you see our team last year? Why <laughs> is it that we should just be content with signing Curtis Samuel? That's how fans think. Oh, we got no, Curtis Samuel. We got no, Terry. That's just, yeah. no. You no, you're one injury more. away from having the same thing last year. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. You see teams like um, the Rams. They have two or three really good receivers, and they continue to draft. They just brought in a, a, a uh, Deshaun Jackson to stretch the field. That's a fourth receiver. They got Van Jefferson. So every team continues to improve. You look at a guy like uh, Gandy Golden, right? People are asking, oh, is he a bust? I don't think he's a bust yet. And then how can you bust when you're a fourth-round pick? You really can't bust when you're a fourth-round pick. No. I mean, There's no such thing as a fourth-round bust. That doesn't exist. <laughs> so, so my point is, if you continue to draft a receiver every year or every two years, eventually you're going to find those guys that stick. That's what the Jacksonville Jaguars did. You know what I'm saying? When they was drafting D.D. Westbrook. And everybody said, oh, D.D. Westbrook from Oklahoma. He's going to be the guy. Then a few years later, they draft this guy. Then they draft uh, D.J. Chart. He hit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to continue to improve your team. Sometimes you, I mean, you get guys on your team that doesn't fit. If we bring in a better receiver and it's saying bye-bye to Gandy Golden or Harmon or Cam Sims, then so be it. It's all about it's improvement. So you cannot be emotional. You can't be emotional and say, I love this guy. I love this guy. Do you love to win? <laughs> or do you want to continue to be mediocre? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We've been sorry for so that, long. We've been trashed for so long that, that fans have just got it engraved in their head. Oh, I'm going to miss this guy. I was a big Darius Geis fan. It didn't work. So what? Right. You move on. Yeah. Right. Bryce Love. Yeah. There's no guarantee right. that Bryce Love is on the squad. When the season starts, you got to move on. I signed off on Bryce Love a long time ago, man. Hey, I I forgot about him. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, him and uh, Ruben Foster. What happens with those two guys? Oh, man. I was really hoping Ruben Foster was going to pay. You know what? I'm, I love the jersey, Chuck. Sean Taylor is my favorite athlete of all time. Him and, him and Kobe. Um, and the one player, ever that I have looked into in the draft um, that reminded me most of Sean Taylor was Reuben Foster. And I know they played different positions, but they, yeah. they had the same build, the same demeanor, the same type mm-hmm. of hit. I thought I was watching like, cause you know, oh, Sean could have played any number. position. If you had yeah. played Sean at middle linebacker, he would have been Reuben Foster. That's basically right. the way I, I viewed it. Um, I but, but now I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And, um, it kind of reminds me of the point you're making. Remember when the Lions, I think they took a, a top 10 wide receiver, a, a wide receiver in the top 10 every year for like three or four straight I years before that. they finally got yeah. Calvin Johnson. Go you don't not take that. Calvin Johnson, you know, you know, you hey, keep going. You got to um, do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to get the right guy. Look, man, you, forget all that crap about you draft a guy and you sit and you wait and you sit and you, it's either you got it or you don't, man. And that's mm-hmm. when you are a franchise that is mediocre, a franchise that's ran poorly, a franchise that doesn't have a good front office at the time. Of course, you know, we're getting better. I mean, right. we, we we did some stuff that made me, made me scratch my head. I'm like, what are we doing? Do we not want to get better? Like, 
you do remember when we really needed a running back, right? And you saw guys like Dalvin Cook out there. You saw guys like Nick Chubb out there. You, well, we got Dice that year. But, I mean, you see, I mean, the year that Kamara was drafted, Kareem Hunt, I'm like, these dudes is going third up. Do we not need a, a running back? Y'all cool with some RJ right. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, but Cincinnati resigned them. You know, uh, yeah, they did. Yes, yeah, they resigned them. Yeah. Hey, man, Much Samaj P. Ron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's man. funny, man. No, you're totally question. right. And the thing is, the thing is, I'm oh, sorry, I'll, I'll just make this point yeah. real quick. But um, even if you overload, right, let's say AGG can play and Harmon mm-hmm. can play and, and Samuel obviously could play and McLaurin can play and you get a Rondell Moore, a Rashad Bateman, a Kadarius Tony, you get you get one of these names. Every Super Bowl or near Super Bowl team is overloaded in like a couple positions, right? right. Like the, the Bucks are overloaded at wide receiver. They're mm-hmm. overloaded at linebacker. We're overloaded at defensive line. So what So what if we're overloaded at wide receiver? You use that to your strength. You make it unguardable. And as we were saying earlier with the Cowboys, they just – to like they they went so heavy into the offensive line people were like aren't you sure that's not overkill and they wrote that to 14 and 2 with a rookie quarterback so exactly. even if even if it's it's overkill it's never overkill in the nfl right. you can you can make it work to your advantage exactly i love it i love it so next question this guy says uh, this is wale i was just on the show two days ago very very good guy with the sport uh urban sports scene um he said where would you rank Fitzpatrick among the NFC East quarterbacks? I'm gonna start with Chuck. Uh, yeah, number two. Uh, I look, I put back first. I will put Fitzpatrick second. I will put um. So took a lot of slams. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Jalen Hurts third because I like his upside better than Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is last to me. I'm I'm not big on Daniel Jones. Okay. I, I'm just not. I, I, mean, I respect him. Um, he he turns the ball over a lot. Um, he's athletic. He can run. He's good at that. He can take off and run. He's he he can sense that. But throwing the ball, I'm just not big on him. I, okay. I'm not. I, I, I you know, that's my opinion. No, yeah. I give you that. I give you that. Mine is similar. Mine is similar. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, I would I would actually go with the same order. Um, however, I would, I would allow it to fluctuate because with Fitzpatrick, you know, Fitzpatrick will have times where he can be, he can be the best in the division and he'll have times where he is the absolute worst. (laughs) And, you know, and that's kind of the, the, the ride that we're on with Fitzpatrick, right? Um, and you know, with Daniel, I'm very, I'm pretty low on Daniel Jones. However, what I like about him that I didn't see in Haskins is he, he makes quick decisions for the most part and he gets the ball out and he's got, he's got decent technique. And mm-hmm. so while I don't necessarily, while I'm maybe this is me just saying this so that um, I will speak it into long-term existence for the giants that they just keep hanging on to a guy like Daniel Jones. But there is, there's reason to believe that if all his skill players don't get hurt and his offensive line's not falling apart, he might be able to make those throws and might be able to to put together a run. But as of now, I've got the same list as you, Chuck, um, because I do think Jalen Hurts, even if he's not as technically sound as Daniel Jones, I do believe he can um, he can you know extend things with his legs and and make up for it in that regard. And I've got Fitz above both of them because he's playing the best ball of his career right now. Mm-hmm. 
Right. All right. So for me, I got that, obviously, you know, then I got Fitzpatrick just because he's done more. He's a veteran. He knows how to win, even though he has not necessarily been to playoffs, but he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. Then you got, I got to give it to Daniel Jones just because he has more experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. He has more experience than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, his first few games, I was like, man, this guy is that dude. I'm like, man, he's moving. You know, when you're, when you're new, People don't film on you. You're doing your thing. You're looking good. And then he plays Washington. And I was like, who is he throwing to? You know what I'm saying? You know what? Like, <laughs> the passes. Like, it, like every thought I had about Jalen Hurts, even Tennessee. Now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to mess with this guy in Dynasty or or uh, keep him in keepers. Uh, so I traded for Russell Wilson in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Dynasty or whatever. But the thing is, when you look at Jalen Hurts, he did make Miles Sanders look better. So I got to give him credit there. He did make some throws to Dallas Godard. He didn't make some throws to Jalen uh, uh, Ragor when Wentz couldn't. Because the offensive line is so bad, Jalen Hurts looked so good. But I'm still going to put Jalen Hurts as the worst quarterback, the fourth best quarterback in the division until I see more out of him. Because I don't know. It's, he's a wild card. He might be very, very, very good. He can be very, very, very bad. I don't know. The same could be said about uh, Daniel Jones and Fitzpatrick. So when you look at the division, the quarterback play is not that great outside of Dak. So I like no. our chances. So if our quarterback play is about the same or better than three of the teams or two of the teams, then, hey, it's all good. You know, it's all you good. something to work with. Yeah. The goals, <laughs> go four and two. You go four and two in the, in the division – you could almost say you're going to win 10 games, but you got to win four. You got to win four out of six in that division to have a chance at the playoffs. Yes. Four yes. out of six probably gets you the NFC East Championship again. But you got to win four. Yes. Not three, That's not two, four. <laughs> four gets it done, and that means we got to sweep at least two of the sorry ones. You got to, you know, really the, the only team I can say that is sorry is the Eagles just because you don't know who the wide receivers are, you don't know what the coach is doing, you don't know what their cap is looking like. I mean, you just don't know. It's just so many questions. So I'll probably say we gotta sweep the Eagles. We can't let the Eagles have any confidence going into the season. Now, the next question. This one was pretty, pretty good. I think this was the best question of the night. Uh, let me find it. He was uh man, let me find it. One second, because this guy was just. I don't know what the Eagles. I don't know what the Eagles coach is doing. I don't know what the Eagles coach is saying, man. Did you all see that that press conference? <laughs> I had no idea what I was watching, Bruh. man. <laughs> Bro, that was yeah. crazy. Okay, I found a question. The question is, this guy said his name is uh his name is the New Era. So uh, Rivera underscore New. That's his uh, handle. He said, I made a bet that Gibson will have more rushing touchdowns than Saquon Barkley. Do y'all agree? I was like, whoa. Now, granted, I'm not a big Saquon Barkley guy anymore in fantasy and maybe even in real life. He's just been getting hurt. He's been getting hurt. Of course he's explosive. Of course he's one of the like most physically gifted uh, running backs to come into the league, just looking at him physically. Those quads. Those quads. <laughs> But that offensive line can't save those quads. Folks is coming for his knees. Folks is coming for his legs. So I don't know what to expect out of Saquon Barkley. So 
to say that Gibson is going to have more touchdowns than Saquon, I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm going to say it's possible. Gibson did have 11 touchdowns. You get into the red zone, he does know how to pound it in. So, he, he look, really, he should have had 14 touchdowns. If you take all the touchdowns that Barbara had, which I don't know how many, Gibson should have had at least 14 touchdowns just because he knows how to get those tough yards. And this is his first season learning the running back position. So it's not too far-fetched to say that he'll have more rushing touchdowns than Barkley. But I'm interested to, to seeing what you guys think. Chuck, what is your take? Who would have more touchdowns, Gibson or Saquon Barkley? Man. Uh, I'm going to have to say um... – I'm gonna have to say, say Saquon. Just the Saquon. nature of, yeah, the way he's you know pounding, running back. I mean, he could do both. I mean, right. for real. But the way they, the way the Giants utilize him more, you know, and especially down in the goal line, they don't have to, you know, sub him with somebody else. They can if they want to. That's um, true. Don't even mention who is the guy named what's his name Wayne Gallman. Oh, yeah, Wayne Gallman. Gallman. <laughs> oh, he killed us this year. He did. He did. He? He, he, hey, from Clemson, he's he's from Clemson. He had a good <laughs> season, and now the Giants, the Giants are probably not going to keep him. They just signed his replacement, Devontae right. Booker. So unless Gallman comes and takes a cheap deal, but Gallman, Gallman yeah. can play some ball. He can play some ball. But yeah, Joe Joe Judge, he's he's smash mouth coach man, so he's different. So I think I think it would just be Barkley, but 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 not by much. I respect it. If if Barkley is healthy, like I said, I've stayed away from him yeah. in fantasy this year. He's burnt me two years in a row. I, I can't make it three years in a row. I've lost so much money trusting Saquon Barkley with the number now, two pick in the thing. Now, right, now, now, from scrimmage, though, from like all around TDs, both through the air and rushing, I'm going to give it to Gibson. Okay. okay. Versus the okay. Yeah, I'm I, I think in the end this season, I think he's going to be used both out of the backfield mm. and running. That's I think he's going to have more touchdowns total. But rushing TDs, I get a buffer. Hey, that's what, what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. That's been my biggest pet peeve about Scott Turner. You tell me that uh, Gibson is a Christian McCaffrey type back, Christian McCaffrey type skill set. You want to use him in yeah. that kind of way, right? So throw the ball to him. you got to get the ball yeah. to Gibson. And if yeah. you're getting the ball to Gibson, I appreciate Chuck. For saying that, because I'm a ride on that, and I'm praying that Gibson does get a lot of receptions. You have Captain, to. Who do yes. you think has more touchdowns this year between Saquon and Gibson? Russian touchdowns. So for Russian touchdowns, yeah, I'm going to go with Saquon. And um, partially I'm playing the odds. I feel like with, with Gibson, while he definitely has a nose for the end zone, I feel like it was it was a little bit more of an oddity that he that he was able to get in eleven times. Um, that's not a, that's not a knock on skill. It's just mm -hmm. touchdowns are something that often aren't reflective of the the actual quality of the player. It's it's how that's they true. get used. And and with Gibson, you know, he wasn't always the bell cow. Um, he and he was brought in to kind of finish the job in the beginning of the season when he was right. like getting all these touchdowns. Later on, we gave him more more mm -hmm. carries. Um, but he wasn't the bell cow early on. And so it's just those, those things really fluctuate in a weird way. Um, touchdowns. Yeah. It's kind of like how Julio would get four or five touchdowns mm -hmm. in a year. And we'd be like, what's going on, even though he's dominating. Right. Um, so I would give it to Saquon in that regard. But the reason why I also agree, uh, with you all on, on him 
leading in touchdowns total is I just think that there's too many options for the Giants uh, now that you have, as we mentioned, Rudolph in the in the red zone. You got Ingram, you got Shepard, you got Slayton, you got Galladay, you got all these people to, to toss the ball to. Whereas I think um, if I were to if I were to just play odds based nothing on our scheme and nothing on skill set, I would assume there would be some regression from McKissick. Um, and I would assume there would be some progression in the passing game from from Gibson, and um, so that would so that would be my my guesstimate. And so I would think that overall, um, I would give it to Gibson. But Saquon, I think I think he's gonna have a big bounce back year, and it helped him at least if he was gonna get hurt. It helped him that it was at the beginning of of the season, so so he should be fully healthy. So as we wrap up the show, I got a two part question. Um, about the quarterback, this is a big question. Of course, we know that Fitzpatrick was brought here to be a bridge. I think he's a perfect bridge because he's going to sling that thing. He's going to sling that thing. He's going to make football interesting. He's going to make Sundays fun. Once again, we're not dependent on our defense to hold people to like 24, 20, under 20 to win the game. We're going to be able to put up some points this year. So um, one guy asked, uh, his question was, do you think we make a play on uh, Trey Lance? That's number one. Then the number two question that kind of goes with this from somebody else, um, he said, does signing Fitzpatrick end a big move on a high pick or on a high quarterback pick if somebody slips? So obviously you got Trevor Lawrence, who's going number one overall. You got uh, Zach Wilson, who I feel the Jets should take number two. If not, the Jets are stupid. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. My opinion. Darnold is not it. Darnold is not it. He might be it for somebody else, but he's not it. We've seen Mm -hmm. what Darnold can be. Then after those two guys, it gets kind of funny because then you got the, uh, you got the fields. Then you got the Trey Lance. There's teams that need quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? I know like, I think the Panthers are number seven, so they might be looking for a quarterback. People are saying maybe trade up with them. I mean, so, if a guy slips, do you think that Ron Rivera goes after a quarterback in the draft? Chuck? Yes, he should. Okay. Yes. You said it. Just like you said with the other positions, you can't stop getting better. And exactly. if the opportunity is there for, for a guy that you had on your board, if they had this quarterback rated high on their board, you have to take him. You I have to you. get better. Yeah, this is a business, <laughs> and and yes. this is a business that has that has um, eluded us for yeah. decades. Yeah. And yes, you got to take them. Okay, uh, Kevin. Yeah, you would have to go for it. Um, I'm as positively as I feel about the the direction of the team and and how we're looking for 2021. I am a little concerned about quarterback uh, going forward because. Well, I love Fitzpatrick. I love the signing. I love the the run and gun, but we have nothing next year. Yeah. And this is a team that is built to win now. Forgetting everyone likes to bring up the contracts, but even forgetting mm-hmm. the contracts, there's yeah. just there's age, there's injuries that happen. It'll like happen you got to take advantage. It'll happen when you got to take advantage. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure we have someone in the pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if I mean, if Trey Lance falls, we would definitely make a move. It's, it's really hard to envision that, though, because there's so many mm-hmm. teams that need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think the I think the close, the close furthest we can move up, I would assume, would be 13. 
because mm-hmm. 10 is Dallas. We're not trained with them. 11 is New York. We're not trained with them. And Kyle Shanahan at 12, sure as hell, is not trained <laughs> to Washington Redskins. <laughs> so, so 13 yeah. is probably – so he would have to fall past San Francisco, past Carolina, yeah, past Atlanta. It, it just seems yeah. unlikely. Um, if he does, I would I would throw in everything and, and go get it done. Um, but – no, the Ryan, and to answer the second part of that question, I, no, Ryan Fitzpatrick does not rule out an early mm-hmm. pick. I right. think if if Mac Jones falls, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy, but as I said, you you need you need a right. guy. You need hey, to be if they believe, someone. If they believe yeah. that Mac Jones is their guy, I'm gonna trust whatever the front office does. I'm not a big Mac Jones guy, yeah. either, but I think that Mac Jones is gonna be a good quarterback. Just not, I just don't see him fitting with this team. Now, if you're gonna get a Mac Jones. You better get you that Rondell Moore. You bet. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. But then it's like if Mac Jones falls to 19 and you do it. But if you have to trade up to go get Mac Jones, then you're going to lose that second round pick. You're going to lose next year's first. But you got to believe that that's your guy. That's my whole thing. But here's my plan for the football team next year. This year, you do not trade up for a quarterback. If, if it's your guy, do your thing. But what I'm saying is, like, don't sell the farm to get a guy that you're like, oh, well, just because uh, Mac yeah. Jones is there at 15, I'm going to trade everything. To- nah. If Mac Jones right. was not your number one or your number two guy, then don't be making all that, you know, trading all those assets just to go get a Mac Jones. Now, if you're moving up a spot or two to get Mac Jones, you're not going to be losing a lot. Now, my plan is next year is going to be a lot of quarterbacks coming out. Maybe next year is the year that you go all mm-hmm. in and trade whatever you got to trade to get you a top two, top three quarterback. There's going to be a lot of them coming out. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that could be that can be a possibility. Um, obviously, there's going to be guys like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is coming to D.C., but what I'm saying is the writing is on the wall. When Call you it now. For the love, Aaron <laughs> yeah, Rodgers he, he, yeah, he ready to go. You see what I'm saying? So if we're if we're like in the built to win now, and you got the opportunity to go get you an Aaron Rodgers, you go do it. You add Aaron Rodgers to the team we have now, it's a Super Bowl. It's a Super yeah, Bowl. When was the last it, yeah. time Aaron Rodgers had a defense like this? When was the Never. last time Aaron Rodgers had two good receivers on the same team? He did some damage when he had two good receivers. And if you're adding an Aaron Rodgers, that means you're going to want to add more weapons. So I, all I'm saying is, Next year, there's going to be some veteran quarterbacks, maybe even a Russell Wilson. We don't know what happens. Maybe the uh, maybe the Seattle Seahawks just suck this year. They're like, you know what? We got to start over. So what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. this year, you're going with all your options. Get you your middle linebacker at 19 if he's there. Get you your old tackle. Get you your left tackle for the future if he's there. Get you your star wide receiver if you trade back from 19 to even 20-something to get, you know, get your guy. Get the best player available in next year. That's when you attack that quarterback. You like you make it, you make it known you're gonna get a quarterback. And if you gotta trade three firsts for Deshaun Watson, you do whatever you gotta do. But all I'm saying is explore all your options and don't oversell just to just because you have to get a quarterback and then you get the wrong guy. That's my only thing. I don't care what they do at quarterback, but they better make sure. Look, I don't want another Haskins situation. You bring in a guy, that's your guy. Because if you make yeah. a wrong decision, Ron Rivera, you're out of here. You gotta make sure yeah. you're getting the right guy. That's all I. That, that, I mean, that's all I ask. Don't trade the farm and you go get a guy and you think he's the guy and then then he's a bust. And then you don't have first round picks to then fit your team. 
then you can't even draft another quarterback because, you know, yeah. you, you spent two or three first-round picks to go get the guy, and then the guy ends up not being a guy. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to go get you the next uh, uh, Tom Brady, and he ends up being the next Sam Darnold. Then what do you do? Mm. You know, where do you go? The defense is wasted. Guys got to get paid. You got to figure out what you're doing. So that's just my point. You're that's the Bears. I mean, you become I just, the Bears, basically. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. If you're if you're going to do that next year, um, they, they just need to make sure they have a long term plan. And it can't just be assumed that, OK, well, we'll deal with it next year. Like, OK, look at the class next year. How's the how's the draft class looking? Maybe we trade back this year to accumulate picks for next year that maybe we can use to move our way up. Like you need to be thinking about these sorts of things as opposed to just like, yeah, we'll deal with it next year. Like let's start accumulating assets so we can make that move. I saw this guy named Michael Hass. The guy is off the chain. He, he has all these scenarios and he's just very knowledgeable when it comes to draft. I'm not knowledgeable when it comes to draft. I got to do my research, but he's very knowledgeable when it comes to draft. So what he did was he traded 19, right? He traded back and got like pick 42, pick uh, 50, no, I think 44, 49. And then, so pretty much he traded 19 for three second round picks, two this year, one next year. Okay. That gives you the ammo. So let's say next year you come into the draft with a first round, two seconds. And then you can poss- possibly trade another first. You can trade two first, two seconds, and for sure move up to get you your franchise quarterback. So that was a good strategy. That was a good strategy. And with his mock draft, he was able to get, um, I think uh, it was a lineman. I can't think of his name. I don't want to butcher the name. Then he was able to get uh, Rondell Moore next. Then he was able to get like Jabril Cox. And I mean, hey, his mock draft was off the chain. He he got two, he got two seconds. Ended up getting one of the top tackles in football. Then he ended up getting one of the top wide receivers that everybody wanted. Then he was able to fill the rest of the draft. So I'm like, I'm not opposed to trading back. I'm not. And like you said, if you if you can acquire some picks for next year, that gives you the ammo where you say, hey, I got two first, I got two seconds, and I got two thirds. What y'all trying to do? Hey, that's right. pretty <laughs> good. That's a pretty nice haul off of just trading back and still getting your guys. So I definitely like all the strategies. The last topic of the night, and we're done. Uh, Daniel Snyder, he was able to buy out the minority owners. Uh, I know Chuck is excited for this conversation right here. I'm going to let y'all two have it. I don't really have an opinion on what Daniel Snyder does. I'm just worried about the football team. He can have that stuff. But my whole thing is, as long as Dan Snyder continues to take a step back and let the people run the show, I don't even... I don't even remember that Daniel Snyder owns a team. I don't even remember that he owns a team. So, Chuck, I'm going to start with you. What do you think of the decision that the NFL gave him, I think, $450 million uh, to clear debt and to be able to pay the minority owners over $80 million to buy them off and he can own the football team 100%? What is your take, Chuck? I don't like it. But (laughs) I don't like it. Um. So, so here's my thing. Um, I, I haven't seen the report, so really I can't speak on it. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's probably not good. But listen, I'm with you, though. As long as he stays out of the way, mm-hmm. which he hasn't, he, he hasn't. <laughs> and I'm very, very, very skeptical that he's going to be able to stay out of the way because I just think he's not going to have any fun. I think he's just going to sit around and be like, 
this is not fun, man. Let me, let me. As long as he stays out of the way, it is what it is. I just, you, you, the guy, I could go on all. This is a whole nother podcast. Like, right. <laughs> you know, just the guy has taken over what's happened to this franchise. All right. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and, and he hasn't been successful. Mm-hmm. I question it how he's even having fun doing this, you know. But, you know, this is his football team. This is now mm-hmm. all his. I hope he stays out of the way. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, what comes. But I, I just don't understand how yeah. he's Teflon Dan, man. Teflon Dan. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the best possible name for him. Kevin, talk yeah. to me, man. Talk to me, Kevin. Well, look. I I never really believed that we could squash Dan Snyder. I mean, he's just he's yeah, crawled he out of every possible hole, every possible situation this man gets out of. And you know, there there was some talk about Bezos. There there was quite frankly, I don't even know if that's much better. Honestly, we'll, we'll find out that all the Redskins staffers are getting underpaid, like like four dollars <laughs> an hour or something. And I mean, like it just they're really. When it comes to these owners, I think we'd be surprised how many of them are are bad. You know, we we thought yeah. Snyder might be the worst, but I would say somewhere in the twenties of the thirty two owners are not exactly ideal characters that mm-hmm. <laughs> that we want to be dealing with, and right. Right. it always comes out at certain points. So, look, as you said, if Snyder can just if if he can just keep to himself, man, I'm hoping, you know, when, when we got Rivera, a big driving force was Joe Gibbs. Um, Joe Gibbs led a, a, a little committee that mm-hmm. Snyder had assembled separate from Bruce Allen um, right. to put together this, this coaching search. And Joe Gibbs's voice carries a lot of weight with Dan Snyder. Um, I'm hoping that that dialogue continues. I'm hoping that, uh, that, he continues to to listen to the to the the right minds, and we've got the right people in there, right? We've got the right culture being put in. Jason Wright is, was just a phenomenal hire. Um, Julie Donaldson in the communications department, even just going beyond football, all yeah. these people just make the building a better place, and and, and so hopefully it rubs off on them, you know, but. Yeah. As as Chuck said, man, I, it, it's hard to ever think like, oh, we've turned the corner with Snyder. You know, it's just kind of like, just hang on, hang on to the ship and hope it doesn't sink. And right now, it's right now we're cruising, so I'll I'll cling to that at least. All right, awesome. So, man, this was an awesome show. I'm gonna give my closing remarks, but Chuck, where can the people find you on social media? Um, at Chuck seven one six Twitter. Okay. All right, and, Trump 716, uh, yeah. Trump 716. And Kevin, where can the people find you on social media? You hit me up at KLongley21, and that is spelled like Luke Longley, despite not having any correlation. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> I found out the only Longley in NFL history, I learned this as a and his lone appearance for the Cowboys was to come in on Thanksgiving Day oh, and man. destroy the Washington Redskins with oh, a four man. touchdown performance. And so that's that's my only namesake in the NFL. I can't I can't believe my luck, but <laughs> um, K Longley, uh, twenty one for, for awesome, Sean awesome. T. 
So, guys, man, we are headed in a new direction. Ron Rivera, uh, Scott Turner, Jason Wright, all these awesome, great hires. Yes, there's still drama. Yes, there's still the whole name thing, which is a whole nother podcast. But um, <laughs> the good thing is that the football team is trending up. We're going we're to do some damage this year. I'm excited for what we're going to do. There's still some free agents out there that we can add. There's some things that we can do in a draft, whether we trade up, whether we trade back. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other podcast. But once again, guys, you guys are listening to the Back Row Redskins Show, and this is your guy, Manny, and we are out.